Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. Well, Brad, Disney has, again, promised that the parking trams are coming back to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. At this point, is it... Do they even have... Like, I know that we've seen photos of the trams sitting around and stuff. Do they actually still run anymore? I mean, are we sure have that they, have that they, they been started? Right, exactly. Yeah, has somebody been, you know, starting them weekly and everything? And is it possible that they've just sold off the, you know, like all of the motors and stuff? Well, honestly, that, that might actually be a good question because I assume that... The, there have been like significant regulatory changes for diesel between when these went away and now. And I do wonder if like they are, if, if they had not, you know, retrofitted them or whatever, they would be out of regulation to, to be operating. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's been a long time is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Yay. That the, well, Potentially, yay, the yeah. trams are coming back. Yeah. But I, what it, was it? Um, didn't didn't we at some point get told like by the end of the year trams will be running at all four of the parks? And wasn't that our good our good friend Bob who told us that? <laughs> and then nothing came of it. So let me ask you this. Trams at, I know the TTC, you know, that it's huge. You got to have trams to get people to monorails and the boats. Parking at Epcot and Hollywood Studios, I have no frame of reference for. my. The only frame of reference I have for Hollywood Studios is the Skyliner. Seeing the parking lots there. Is it, I mean, have you ever parked at Hollywood Studios where it has been like a drag to get in? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah, the I would say lots from the sky don't look that big. It depends how full the parking lot is on a given day. There, there are definitely days that you will, you will wish that the tram was running. Uh, you know, I remember parking at Epcot. Maybe that was our last trip or the trip for last where I was extremely frustrated that the tram was not running. And I'm like, this is, ludicrous that they are parking us this far back and not running a tram. Mm. So yeah, the trams have been needed and thus I, I am happy that they could possibly be returning. But again, at this point, like fool me once shame on you fool me 13 times. Maybe I should stop listening to what you say (laughs) until I actually see a tram moving. And I still, I still like expect that they'll be running next month, but there's just this little part of me that, like I said, is is guarding myself, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and like for me, I mean, Pop doesn't even run buses to Epcot and Hollywood Studios anymore. If you, it, there are signs that say if you want to go to Epcot or Hollywood Studios, take the Skyliner. And so I don't even basically you know interact with the parking lots of either of those resorts anymore or either of those parks anymore so i don't i don't really i guess going to epcot before 
you kind of the but the way the buses went, you kind of saw the parking lot because you kind of went around the parking lot into the little bus loop. But yeah, I don't even see it anymore because the Skyliner goes into World Showcase. So I'm kind of at a loss for exactly what this means for you know people who drive. It means that you will have a few less steps that you will have to take. <laughs> yeah. And that is greatly appreciated. Greatly appreciated on your way into the park, and it's often even more appreciated on your way out of the parks. And I so, don't even know where the parking lots for Animal Kingdom are. Because what do you the, mean? Oh, well, because the, entrance, the bus loop comes the bus loop comes in from the other side. And the entrance the entrance to Animal Kingdom seems like it's like smushed right up against the bus loop. Where do you like? So if you're leaving Animal Kingdom, the bus uh-huh. loop is like out the out the gate to the right. Are the parking lots out the gate and to the left? I don't remember um, like where it is in relation to the bus loop. I just know that it's really far away. Like Animal Kingdom is Animal Kingdom. That's what I'm to getting me is, at. A, is a big walk. Dak seems like a bummer to park. Yeah, at. yeah, it is. It is. And and here's the thing. If it's the the summer or heck even, you know, the spring if it's late enough or whatever, it's a bummer regardless of distance just because uh you know like it's that's a long walk. Yeah. <laughs> so I will send you here let me in real time send you a photo of what the what the parking lot looks like for Animal Kingdom. So that you can fully grasp, like, if you are at the end of the parking lot, if it's an extremely busy day at Animal Kingdom. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is a, it's, it's a, yeah. If you, if you want to see it, just go to Google Maps and type it in and you will see that it can be, it can be quite the walk. And I mean, so comparative, comparatively, if you look at Epcot, like it's laid out where it's a little bit closer, but like if you're parking but in Gamora or yeah. a rocket, that's a long walk, dude. That's a bummer. And Jeez, yeah, there are people who are having to walk that right now because they don't have, they don't have a uh, trams running. So thus I, yeah, if you've, if you've had to park and walk to uh, walk to the gate, you will be excited that trams are coming back. Wow. Assuming the trams come back. Yeah. They better. Come on. Yeah, they, Don't do it they again. They need trams. They need trams. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So we also got some news about a – some. I, I, it's, it's not just a meet and greet going away. There's, like, lots of meet and greet changes happening at Epcot. So a meet and greet is going away, and we did not cover some of the upcoming changes to Epcot's meet and greet. And this now gives us the opportunity to cover those things. So essentially, uh, as of yesterday, as we're recording, so that would be August 19th, Vanellope Von Schweetz is no longer meeting and greeting in Epcot. So at the Imagination Pavilion, the exit to the Journey into Imagination ride, you could do a meet and greet with Vanellope and a meet and greet with uh, Joy from Inside Out. But the Vanellope one is no more. Apparently, there are construction walls going up. 
and they are preparing for new meet and greets. The expectation is that this will be the location for the Figment meet and greet that was announced uh, back in March. And like I said, we totally did not cover, but I am so pumped for a Figment meet and greet. Now, unfortunately, I don't currently have a a, a trip to to take advantage of this, but God, I really kind of want to take advantage of a Figment meet and greet. And I want my kids to be able to take advantage of a Figment meet and greet, man. Yeah, and do you think it'll be, I guess it's going to be the big figment, because back in the, like, way back in the day when they were doing Dreamfinder meet and greets, it was like the Dreamfinder and a little figment, but this has got to so, be the big, like... So big, they have said in the, the the press release or whatever that guests would be able to hug figment. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So ostensibly, this would be uh, full-size figment, not not figment hanging with Dreamfinder. Um, which like I said, I'm, I am so excited for, and at the same time, this continues to baffle me because journey into imagination is really starting to show its age. Uh, I, excuse me. It's a journey into your imagination featuring figment is really starting to show its age. <laughs> Like the last couple of times I've been on there, I don't think I've been on once where everything was functional. Yeah, they're not keeping up with it very well. You know, whether it's it's Figment has turned into a statue because he's not talking or the the air doesn't work or gosh, one of the times that I went, one of the projectors for the, you know, the scene with the uh, the smell later or whatever, mm -hmm. like one of the projectors was out and it was just showing like. You know, the in the upper right or the upper left hand corner, you know, the DVI <laughs> one no signal oh, look. That yeah. stinks. It's super professional looking. But I don't Disney has this weird thing with Figment where yeah, Figment is important. Figment is Epcot. Figment is our, you know, is our ambassador for Epcot. And so we want to make sure everybody knows about Figment. And it's like, but the Figment attraction? Eh. I don't know. And yeah. I see things like this and I'm always like, yes, that means that Disney still cares about figment and things will happen, but then things don't happen. And I don't understand why Jeremy, I want like, I'm not even asking for a new attraction. I'm just asking for a refurb that makes everything functional again. It's a lot of lip service for sure. And yeah, it, it feels like they're, saying all those things, you know, like you're, you're talking about, but not really following through on any of them. But I mean, I guess the other option is that they're just, they totally forget about figment and then he's definitely headed out. So compared to that, yeah. I, I suppose I will, I will take what I can get. Uh, also they, they, so as, as I was looking up the meet and greet news, I realized we also forgot to talk about, Mickey and Minnie are coming to the Imagination Pavilion uh, as well for the Disney 100. And I believe that's later next month. And they're going to be in their Disney 100 uh, clothing and whatnot. So I was really trying to figure this out because if you've been to the Imagination, like that, that 
exit for the ride where they've got all the different music things and the you can still send a is it send a postcard or something like that? I don't remember. But all all that I know is like you make your own imagination character and then I think you send it via email to yourself. And my kids were extremely confounded by it because <laughs> it still has like a it still's got like the little mouse um the little like little roller wheel one, you know? And oh gosh, the keyboard the and everything. Ball. Yeah, the trackball. And they expect this to be like they're trying to tap the screen, <laughs> expecting <laughs> it to be responsive, and it is not. So yeah, that's but trying to fit Mickey and Minnie in there along with another meet and greet feels like a lot, but yeah. I then realized that apparently Mickey was at the Magic Eye Theater uh, a couple of years back. And so I, I'm expecting, because that's technically part of Imagination Pavilion as well, that they'll just put Mickey and Minnie over there. And Figment, and I don't know, maybe Joy sticks around, maybe Joy doesn't. I, but still, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything about Joy. There is one way in and out of that spot in Epcot. And man, you are going to, if and I know what you're saying, the Magic Eye Theater, but it's still over by the pavilion. And between Figment, which honestly could go either way, it might be something that people really, really care about and like, like keep busy. Or it might be one of those things where a small group of people go the first day and then it, it trickles off. But Mickey and Minnie in special costumes is going to be crowded for a long time. And the, the, way that that area is laid out you've got one relatively small walkway in and then you kind of have to fan out once you get into the imagination pavilion spot and like i don't know if there are enough switchbacks you know available in that spot for this mickey and Minnie meet and greet because man there's going to be a lot of people trying to get a picture with them in their special costumes so i think that initially there's going to be a lot of people and i think there will always be you know a decent number of people that will want to go through there but i think it will become more manageable after you know the first like two weeks or something like that. I, I think the only thing I, that's I think, going to save I think it figment will be, will be much lower yes. after the first couple of days. I think the Don't only thing that's going to save Mickey and Minnie is that this is Epcot. And that might be why it's at Epcot because if this was magic kingdom, no, it would be a madhouse the whole time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I'm like thinking about it. I think we'll just have to see Though, you know, I guess another advantage of this is by putting Mickey and Minnie over there, that draws more eyes over here and people are over there anyway. And they're like, well, we might as well go ride this journey into imagination thing. And then that ups the number of riders they're seeing on a that's day true. to day. And then maybe that's something else to pull them to and say, ups, I guess we should update that. Ups the number of upset people that they saw DVID, no signal. Right. I don't know. Whatever it, whatever it takes. I, I'm just excited that there is a, a figment meet and greet and that it is, you know, closer to, to happening at this point, because yeah, I think I expect that this Vanellope one will be the, the figment meet and greet when it's all said and done. So 
you know, they, they didn't give an exact date for when that would happen. They just said summer, but if they're making this change, that means that it's closer for sure. And so I'm happy about that. So a couple of weeks ago, I guess a couple of weeks ago, like a couple of episodes ago, um, we talked a little bit about updates to the MDE app regarding food and how they were doing like more full screen previews and, and images of food and everything. Um, another dining related update that's rolling out right now is when you're looking for a dining reservation, instead of having to tell the app, I want a reservation for five o'clock at, you know, whatever fifties prime time, it will just show you all of the available reservations and you can just pick from one that's available, which I am so happy for because this, the, the telling it I want, you know, and thankfully they had the ability to just pick dinner or lunch. You didn't actually have to pick a time, but this is so like doing a dining reservation sometimes felt like booking a fast pass where you would like check for a time and then back out and check again and then maybe do a different hour and then check for a time again. And sometimes you would do dinner and then it would say no reservations available and you'd back out and you would do how about six and it would say no, no reservations. And then you'd back out and do seven. And then it was like, Oh yeah, there's one at six fifteen, And I am much more of a fan of just give me a big grid of times and let me pick one and don't, don't do any monkey business or anything behind the scenes to just try to show me what you think I want. Show all of them to me and let me pick what I want. So first of all, I a hundred percent agree. I like the idea of just, just showing me all the times, even if it takes up the whole screen, I'm, I'm for it. Well, and they're and you know they're allowing it looks like some scrollability, um, you know, kind of depending on the device and and the screen real estate and stuff. But I'm curious to see. Like, I don't think this is going to maybe fix the issue that you were seeing because I honestly think unless they change the infrastructure behind it, I think the infrastructure is just shaky behind this. And then also I like, I don't, I don't want to put it all on the infrastructure because also you're just dealing with a lot of moving pieces where, you know, people are grabbing 10 reservations and then they're dropping this one. Then they're dropping that. So it's a very jerks. (laughs) It's a very flexible thing. That's, you know, it's, it's constantly in change. Right. And so that is an extremely hard thing to, to keep in sync on the back end. And I have heard, I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard that they are trying to combat that kind of stuff by like, when you get, when you let a reservation go, it waits a, you know, random amount of time, like five to 30 minutes before it puts that reservation back in the pool to stop people from grabbing 10 reservations. And then, you know, more or less selling them like, Ooh, I've got a seven for, uh, Ohana, I'm going to release it at 6:30 p.m. Central. Then you grab it at 6:31 or whatever. <clears throat> they're they're trying yeah, to the, make it more difficult. Or the dining reservation trade, which is a like that's right. a whole that's a whole thing. I, you know, some of you know, some of you know. Um, 
I've never done it just because it honestly not because I inherently had anything against it as much as I was like that's way too complicated yeah. for me. Um, but yeah, I've seen I've seen the Facebook groups and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I I expect that they are trying to do a lot to to work against that. But yeah, yeah. as as far as the as far as showing all the times, I like that. I I guess my hope again, is my hope is that showing them all instead of showing a subset of them means that the infrastructure has to work less hard. You know, there's there's less data compiling and sorting happening and it's just checking and and saying, you know, at this time here's the reservations that are available like all of them and then you can go back and obviously if you if you back out and go back in maybe there are new ones but not having not having to have the app get a subset of of the reservations available just seems like we're it seems like we're removing i don't know two or three points of failure in the system and just saying like show everything just give them an unfiltered view and they can tap on the one they want yeah, I mean, and and I like the one. Another thing that I like about this is just I always know what my first option is for what right. I want to do for dining, right? But I also have in my mind, okay, but if this isn't available, like this is my top pick. But I've also got all these other picks available for, that I'm willing to do and I'm willing to deal with, but not making me do five clicks to get that is extremely helpful. And yeah, the, the lunch dinner thing, dude, I never used that because I would, I would select lunch. Right. And it'd be like, here's a reservation at 3 PM or 4 PM or whatever. Right. And then I would go in there and be like, give me reservations at 11 AM. And I forget like when, when it came time to make dining reservations, I knew like what the, because there was a certain, window that essentially you were selecting. So when you selected 11 a.m., you were actually selecting between 10 a.m. and like 1 p.m. or whatever it was. And I used to know that window because, you know, then you could like. Then you could select each window and cut down on the number of clicks that you had. Or, But to to need to know all of that information is just ridiculous. Right. It's making a, a reservation for lunch. Very difficult. Right. So I I like the idea of of simplifying of just giving me all the information to choose from. I just hope that the only thing that that does somewhat concern me about this is I know that here and there I would get the that reservation you clicked on is no longer available. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I literally just said show me the times you gave me this time and then this time is not here sorry for the pause yes yeah you've you've seen that you've seen that screen a couple of times yourself haven't I'm familiar you? with mouse dining <laughs> yes uh but well and not even like not even with just mouse dining but using directly in the the uh mde app, yeah you know but like, something i would get a- it there a a reservation, you know, mouse dining. I'm trying to get La Cellier or Ohana or or something like yeah. that. And, and so just, you see that a lot with that. Yeah, something that's that's valuable. 
the the amount of times I got a text message and tapped on the link in the text message within two minutes of getting it or two seconds maybe you know not even two minutes minutes whatever but within 10 seconds of getting it and it's gone like that that sorry for the pause thing I'm very familiar with but I am I am happy to see that they are making changes and yeah the the fact that they made a front end change that I get where you're saying you know you would hope this would be less, but technically this should be more intensive on the system so that they feel confident giving that means that they've made. Do you think? I feel like means they've made some change on the back end. Let's get geeky for a sec. You think it's more intensive to just get a list to query the database and say, give me everything than it would be to query the database and say, just give me a subset, I guess, is it less intensive or more intensive to run a a regex against a a database than it is to just get the whole thing? So they're not going to be running it. So typically with something like that, and again, this is getting geeky. So yeah, feel free to, uh, you know, follow us, uh, you know, missing the mouse.co, all that stuff. (laughs) But with that out of the way, so typically the way that I would expect that they would do something like this is they would have, this is, this would be a weird, this would be an interesting thing to deal with because essentially you would have to have, we have this many things available and we've got this table that can hold between say five to 10. We've got this other or five to eight, maybe, right? You've got another table that can hold nine to 12, and their availability is in this time range, right? Like it can, it you could show this for, I you know eleven fifteen or eleven thirty, but maybe you just say at eleven fifteen we have this reservation available for a party of this size to this size, so that when somebody searches, you know, if you say party of three, you're going to get a four top, right? Because they don't right. have three tops, right? So they need to be able to show you, but they maybe don't want to show you a two top. Uh, or, I mean, if you if you say party of two, they don't want to show you a four top because they don't want to commit that to a party of two because they've got two tops. But maybe it's a restaurant that doesn't have a two top. So then you've got, you know, so there's a lot of things I there. See. But ultimately, probably what you're going to do is you're going to say min number of diners, max number of diners. And just like this is totally off the cuff how I might design this. I would have a, a column for men, column for max, and a column for, you know, date, time, availability, right? Like this one is available uh, August 20th at 11.15 a.m. Okay, like that's what you've got. So then when you query the database and you say, give me, you know, a party of four between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., mm. you're not, it's not so much a regex as you're saying, give me anything with, you know, that is where the min is greater than or equal to, you know, four, where the max is less than or equal to, or I don't know, I'm probably flip-flopping those. And the the date availability is between these two things, right? I, so had, you not, get, I had not thought about different party sizes factoring into that. Yeah, so you get that collection, right? And it maybe is... A, 200 rows or whatever it might be. 
in comparison, if you say an all day, you still have to give it a start and an end. Right. You're going to say, you know, between between midnight and midnight or, you know, whatever they're going to do for this party. Yeah, probably and suddenly you're, restaurant open to restaurant close. Right. And suddenly you're going to get back 3,000 rows. Ah, uh, okay. And so then you have to figure out, number one, that's that's more intensive because, like, there's more network, you know, that has you have to talk over the network. That query is going to take a little bit longer to run. Well, and if you're um, if you're dealing with many smaller tables instead of one large one too, you're having to right. compile. Now at you that can point. you can use a lot of caching for this, but the caching is very difficult again because the data changes so frequently. And I'm sure that they've got you know all sort of, like again they there are smarter people at Disney that are working, but you know like that it's a difficult problem to deal with. And when you're when you're dealing with a larger glob of data, right, right, that the infrastructure to make sure that that glob stays up to date and that you have the time to transfer it and that you don't end up with, you know, trying to do a dirty read or something like that, like all of those become a little bit more difficult. So that's that's why I'm saying I think it's possible that maybe the infrastructure has gotten better to support this sort of system, which is like, to me would be Dude, the big win as so. if the, the back end system got a little bit. Man, better as well. I hope so. Cause the Walt Disney world website is <clears throat> the worst website on the internet. But, <laughs> but before you get too excited about that, remember that Disney, you know, just because like, even if dining reservations back end and front end gets better, that has no bearing on the entire rest of the website because true. Every everything is, you know, being run by a different team. Like this team suddenly got something, but it likely won't so don't don't expect this to, you know, all of a sudden room reservations get better or something like that. Uh because they're they're solving two different problems. So it does make sense to have it on different teams, but yeah, it's definitely on different teams. This team just hired and, an engineer from Open Table or something. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> or or, you know, they got they're they're just running very possibly they're just running open table or something like that on the back end. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, like, maybe. Honestly, why would you pay to figure, you know, if somebody else has the, if somebody else has made this a solved problem and all you have to do is throw money at it and you're Disney, yeah. you got a lot of that to, to throw at problems. Yep. That makes sense. So I, I'm not sure, but like I said, I'm, I'm happy because I didn't like all of the extra back and forth that was involved. So if we can simplify that, I will be I will be a happier person the next time I have to make dining reservations. So good job, Disney. Now just don't let it fall on its face when it actually <laughs> you know goes fully live and uh, what experiences its first Christmas holiday yeah. rush or or something like that because that's when we'll find out how good the, how good mm-hmm. the back end is handling this. Uh, it's going to be something like that. I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. You can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, have a magical day. Bye.